what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to doers, creators, entrepreneurs, CEOs, innovators, artists, producers, hustlers, people in around the world that um, they're on their thing, they're in their their momentum, they're in their movement, um, they're on their grind, they're anti-status quo. You know, they do things differently. All of you that listen probably tend to do things differently. That's the best part about why we're here, right? Is to be in our own uniqueness. And each week, I'm very fortunate that I have amazing guests that come on the show as well to talk about, hey, I, I'm just like you. Uh, you know, they're further along uh, or they're somewhere in their, um, their journey and they're talking about what are they experiencing in real time while building something that they really believe in. Some of them are on their first venture. Sometimes our guests are on their 50th venture uh, and, you know, and they've and each time they do something new, they're learning something about themselves. And I feel like that's the most important thing that we could provide uh, to the world is because uh, more often than not, you know, the end media, the, the, the end success play that media sometimes puts out there. Um, you only get the you know partial story, but why not talk about the journey along the way and, and what's happening in real time? So. Really grateful. And we have uh, excellent guests this week, and I'll get into that in here in a minute. Uh, as many of you know, I'm Matt Gottesman. For those of you that are a little bit newer, I'm Matt Gottesman. You can you can find me um, at Matt Gottesman, uh, M-A-T-T-G-O-T-T-E-S-M-A-N on Instagram for all the other things that I do. Or if you want to join in some of the conversation on at HDF Magazine, talk a lot about creativity, culture, and entrepreneurship, that nice intersection. Uh, which is uh, where the conversations get really deep over there. And then, of course, at Hustle Sold Separately on Instagram. And you can find all other social media as well, too. But And many of you know I answer each and every single DM, every reply on my wall, everything for the last six years straight. Um, yes, I do sleep. <laughs> so I just make sure to really balance how I answer all of you guys. But I appreciate the love the um, and, and the reviews and the ratings and everything. It's actually been growing quite fast lately. Uh, and so that means a lot to me and more so to the guests. So please feel free to reach out to them and their brands. That's what they're here to do. And uh, so we're going to get right into it. I have another amazing, amazing guest uh, who was brought on by another amazing guest that was on just a, a few weeks ago. Uh, as some of you may know, uh, Ryan Hibbert, uh, the you know, CEO and founder of Ride Hospitality Group, he recommended a, a, another extraordinary guest. And this man's background is incredible. I was going through it and I I felt like, all right, I know I had done a lot, but like, man, I really need to get on it <laughs> even more. So um, Barkay Bakai, uh, and he's uh, currently, he's the principal owner, governor, and co-chairman of Phoenix Rising Football Club. He's an investor and serial entrepreneur. When I talk to you about his background, you'll get the exact picture. And from the moment he walked in, actually one of the, the, the friendliest people I've met. Um, and so and I love when I see and meet um, uh, entrepreneurs and just people in general who do amazing things in this world at scale and also seem very humble and happy. That's like, that's <laughs> like the pinnacle for me. Uh, so Thank to give you. you a little bit of a background, we're, we're, we're going to be talking a lot today about never giving up on trying to put something together, regardless of past failures. And we're also going to be going, um, you know, talking about what it really means to be relentless and going after, you know, these wild dreams. Um, you hear a lot of people talk about that, you know, Hey, um, 
think big, have big vision, you know, go big, go home. Like you hear all these different things. And uh, often at times people can get into their head a little bit about, well, where do I begin? Where do I start? You know, and then the, the, some fears and other people's opinions, all these things kick in that really have nothing to do with like your inner work that you're here to do in general. Like, you know, more than you think you do. Um, and if you can just stay on path and true to what you believe that you're here to do and just be open to experimenting and moving forward, everybody that needs to find you will find you in that process. Right. And then of course it goes deeper than there and we'll hear from Buckey um, about this, but uh, give you an, uh, just a quick background on him. As I mentioned, principal owner, governor and co-chairman of the Phoenix rising football club, professional soccer. That's uh, you know, it's no small feat right there. And, uh, and for any of you that don't know, it's uh, state of Arizona's highest level professional soccer team that currently competes at USL championship league. Uh, it's a 2018 Western conference champion uh, and Phoenix Rising is in the short list of the Major League Soccer expansion teams. And uh, he's also the managing member of Arizona Soccer Acquisition, LLC. It's basically an entity that is the majority and controlling owner of Phoenix Rising Football Club. He also serves as the principal owner, governor, and co-chairman of FC Tucson, uh, city of Tucson's highest level professional soccer team. And uh, he's also the founder and managing director of Fortuitous Partners, which is a diversified opportunity fund platform. It's investing in professional sports anchored uh, multi-asset development in opportunity zones. And Fortuitous Partners is also raising capital and multiple opportunity funds to invest in professional sports. So I'm sure sooner or later, you're going to probably see that fund everywhere. <laughs> uh, and it's also um, anchored in uh, real estate development, joint ventures, and with best-in-class partners for real estate development, private equity, and venture capital. He is also the founder and managing director of, um, excuse me, uh, of, uh, excuse me, currently largest shareholder, a member of the board of directors of Wilson Holding Company. And uh, that is the owner uh, and operator of approximately 60 locations of Monterey, Little Mexico, Casale, uh, Crazy Jose's, Tortuga Mexican Kitchen, Uberito, Mexican Grill, Cargo Food Authority, and Bus Stop Burgers and Brew House. Uh, so no small feat there. Uh, and then he's also a member of the advisory board and shareholder of MyPark Inc., which is an innovative app-based technology company um, which he has created a disruptive parking solution that allows users to find, reserve, and access parking space for their smartphone. Um, the holidays are coming up. That's a that's legendary <laughs> for, for an app like that. <laughs> Actually, I'd probably just use it just to mess with people. <laughs> just wait back and be like, wait till that one opens up. Uh, and then he's also a member of Young Presidents Organization, YPO, as many of our listeners actually might know, or some of the, uh, the uh, young CEOs that have been on our, our show too. As you guys know, YPO organization, um, he's the, uh, a member of the Scottsdale chapter and lives in Paradise Valley with his wife and three kids. Okay. I hope that did you some justice. I mean, you have an incredible background, man. That's, it's, it's, it's incredible. So, uh, oh, and I, and I didn't mention all of your, like, uh, your finance degrees and, uh, <laughs> so sure. Yeah. You know, but welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you for being on. I appreciate it, Matt. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Great to be here, especially with my friend, Ryan. Yeah. It's a great, great to be here. Uh, awesome. Um, you know, so the first question I always ask is the same for everybody. You know, it's the, you know, how, how did we get here today? Like, what's the, the, the background story, if you will, of, sure. because you, you do these amazing things uh, within uh, professional sports, you've got this finance background, but, you know, if we only told that part to people, they, they're missing all of the middle, <clears throat> right? So you can go as far back as you'd like, but uh, sure. uh, for context, we'd love to know a little bit more about like how we got here. I'll go quite a ways back and, you know, so all the way when I was born in Istanbul, Turkey in 1978. And as you were going through my background, I was reminiscing on uh, some of the passions of my life, which 
Um, I love soccer. Uh, I always did. I was a crazy fan. Never missed home games of uh, my home team, Galatasaray in Istanbul, and even went to many uh, away games, many games in Europe. So it, soccer has always been a passion of mine, which we'll, we'll come back to that. I was always uh, very passionate about numbers. Mm. Um, even as a little kid, I, I don't know why I would, you know, just multiply numbers just, just by myself, even trying to put myself to sleep. Like it was almost a hobby. <laughs> just I would see everything in numbers. And, and I think I've always been very social and very good and just love to be around people. So that background, I think just those trifecta of things really, uh, there are footsteps of that in, in the background that uh, uh, you have highlighted. So born in Istanbul, uh, went to, actually my parents decided to challenge me early on, so they sent me to an Italian school, um, Italian middle school, and high school with Italian kids, so I had to learn Italian. That's excellent. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I remember my dad, he said, you'll learn English at some point in life, just you know, learn a different language, and he was an architect, so very artistic background. My mom, uh, she's an artist, uh, so you know, they taught Italian is very romantic, and you know, I should learn that language, and it was a great school, very science-based uh, um, school. So I learned Italian, did middle school, high school. Then um, I wanted to study finance in U.S. So mm-hmm. I applied to a bunch of schools in in U.S. and came here. And during that time, I would go to England or U.S. to learn English, you know, during summertime. And, you know, just came back here and uh, started all over again. So it's it's been little... I think those experiences did prepare a bit on taking risks or not being worried about the consequences or feeling confident, if you will, just because I felt like I was going into environments whereas um, other people had a distinct advantage um, by birth, you know, just by their own upbringing, and I was an outsider, but didn't bother me, so I, I actually enjoyed it. So that I think those things tie up a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. Um, and it's, it's great that your parents did that early on because – we don't always put the dots together until we're older, but when you look back and you go, wow, you, you challenged me in a way that it put me into environments that you just learn to adapt. Yep. And so it almost doesn't give you time to think. <laughs> you know what I That's mean? That's true. So, um, and then when, so, okay, so fast forwarding a little bit, um, how did the, the soccer program come about like when did that so you, you you're going the traditional finance route yes you and then after and then after school what happened so sure went to boston college undergrad grad school you Good know school. studied studied finance yeah go eagles like great school <laughs> um and um afterwards i got into hedge fund industry so i started you know again i was at a very young age i was trading stocks i was very passionate about investing so i got into uh, investing world and you know one thing after another I found myself in Dallas and started my own firm and you know through many different lifestyle changes and right. attractiveness of Scottsdale like many people I found myself here with my wife and you know kind of continue growing our family here here in Scottsdale but the minute I arrived to Scottsdale I would say I think it was January 2012 so seven years ago seven and a half years ago I had the vision of um, being involved in professional soccer and there's many reasons for that. First of all, it, as I said, it's um, I'm very passionate about the sport. Uh, but I figured there's a, a great business case to really merge the passion, if you will, with uh, great drivers and dynamics of the sport. Um, it's the biggest sport in the world. It's one of the fastest growing sports in, in the United States. And U.S. dominates the world in uh, almost any sport that they participate in care. And 
um, with World Cup, you know, coming here in the 90s really set the stage for the sport. And just the World Cup coming here again in seven years, I think it's going to really galvanize those returns and interest for the sport. And I think we're going to have a great uh, build up to that point in time from uh, from that. But it comes with its uh, interesting twists. I, I try to uh, purchase this team and the predecessors of that twice, and I was unsuccessful doing that, but I guess third, third time was a charm. So um, we can get into that if you like right now Absolutely. or later. Yeah, so, just run with it. Yeah, so, <laughs> so let's see. I must have been five years ago yeah. or five and a half years ago. Uh, the team was called Phoenix Wolves, mm. and um, again, it was a professional team here uh, in, in Arizona and um, uh, had a chance to – get to know the owners at that point in time and uh, really uh, start doing work, um, you, you know, trying to see if there was an opportunity to partner with the franchise. But uh, they had their own challenges. I mean, it, it, the, the professional sports, it's, uh, it's not for the fan of heart. It uh, has, uh, you know, everybody thinks that it's a, it's a money-making machine, but at the end of the day, uh, there's a lot of responsibilities and expenses, and it's a really a long long vision for from an investment perspective so there's an appreciation of the asset so to speak but the day-to-day it's it's hard to uh, turn these things around and uh, those guys were struggling so eventually their uh, license uh, being canceled by the league because they were you know behind on on certain aspects of their obligations and at that point in time so i, I missed that opportunity to you know being partnered at, at that point in time for for a good reason too uh, but the second time around, the franchise was purchased uh, and uh, it was called, uh, you know, rebranded as Arizona United. Mm, yep. So then I had a, you know, chance to um, partner with the current owner, uh, a then owner uh, of uh, Arizona United. But again, one thing after after other, this is the interesting part of the story. I was left at the altar, so to speak, uh, for my uh, for another gentleman named Brett Johnson that ended up being partner. But Brett is now my current partner at Phoenix Rising, so See I, how we, that works. We, yeah, so we gotta we gotta get into that. <laughs> but the interesting story here with uh, Brett is, you know, Brett gets into the uh, you know Arizona United days, and from a lot of different people, he keeps hearing about my name on you know somebody that he should be talking to uh, for you know further partnerships, if you will, uh, in um, in that franchise and. You know, it, it was one of those things that I had to take a break so I wouldn't, you know, return calls or, you know, he came through the YPO channel, which he's also a YPO member with, with you know, other friends until he found one of my very close friends, uh, Mark Deppmer. And uh, so Mark one day meets with Brett and says, hey, you really need to meet with Brett. You know, he's a great guy. And, yeah, you know, it's so the, the current owner, Dan, was running a process with both of us and decided to go with Brett. Uh, and, you know, so I, I had to get over, uh, you know, my feelings. And right. eventually um, the original owner ended up moving to the sidelines. And Brett and I, mm. we became partners and really uh, put together a great, uh, what I would consider great local uh, ownership group here in Phoenix, uh, rebranded uh, the team from uh, Arizona United to, to Phoenix Rising. And uh, then the first, you know, we got into the playoffs. Then we were the Western conference champions last year and this year this our season just ended and we were the regular season champion so in every other part of the world that would have been the champion period but unfortunately with the playoff system we couldn't go all the way with the playoffs but in the long marathon uh it's been it's been a great one well you and you'll definitely get there i i like a a lot of what i heard uh (laughs) well in general it's it's interesting we 
we all we sometimes don't know why things don't work out when they do. And if we allow ourselves to get into our feelings too much, we can miss the bigger picture. And sometimes we need the the pieces maneuvered around a little bit, right? So that way they get to a place where it makes sense, which it did for the club. And then, and then sometimes, um, you know, people are making their decisions in that from their where they're at at that time, and they don't always know how it's all going to come together either. So it's great that like what's meant to be will find you. What isn't, what isn't. And then the other thing I wanted to say too is I like the fact that um, uh, you're taking a passion that you really believe in with with uh, football, with soccer. It's weird to say soccer. Sometimes I go back yeah. between soccer and football, but um, it with with a passion. Um, and you're absolutely right. Uh, just like anything else, it's pa- uh, a passion, uh, especially whether it's sports or artistic. It needs operational efficiency, <laughs> you know. And I would imagine, um, and that that seems to be a, a big deal with a lot of sports teams, uh, is how they're managed and how they're run. And then so there's the you know the the finance side and the operational efficiency side, the talent side, and and making sure that you know, and then the experience for your the customers. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces. And we have an incredible team. I yeah. mean, at the Rising Organization, uh, just all the way from our general manager, Bobby Dooley, and uh, our VP of uh, Marketing and Sales, Sam Dorr. These guys are doing a great job on day in, day out basis. And, you know, we've been selling out every match and mm. for as long as I can remember. And we just need an even bigger stadium than what we have currently, but it's been an incredible experience. And we have a very unique board. We have um, half a dozen or more uh, local individuals that are mm. passionate uh, about this, this sport that we all come together. And in a way, we are uh, really supplementing our front office with our uh, you know, business acumen or expertise or time and connections. So it, it, it's, it's really uh, working out in a, very well. You know, thus on and off the field. Well, and, and Ryan brought that up on, on his podcast. Environment, the people, your team as a whole, all the people that you have around. I mean, I, not to move sports, but sort of like what Mark Cuban did when he went in with the Dallas Mavericks. It was all about from, you know, the janitor all the way up to the CEO. We're all moving together and we're all having an experience together. And we're all, you know, we're all one team, one family. And that's why they were able to create the kind of success that they were. And then you see other teams in professional sports that... Don't always operate like that, but I will not call out those teams, <laughs> <laughs> local or not local. Sure. <laughs> you know, so, but, uh, you know, uh, so, but I, I liked, Ryan, when you talked about that on the, uh, you well, know. I, f- I think that's one thing that really impressed me with Burke was this vision yeah. of, of the rising because it was, it was so cool to see. I, I, I remember back when we were in Mexico City and, and all the way back was this 2015 or 16. Yeah. Um, we happened to meet with a, a gentleman, a very successful guy named Mark, uh, Carlos. Carlos Slim, right. Carlos Slim Jr. And right. I mean, they, how many teams are they on? And I remember Burke I wasn't was, expecting that name. Yeah, and Burke was talking about, uh, his soccer, soccer ter- football team here in, here in Arizona. And it was just an idea back then. And, you know, as we're talking and things like that, I'm like, man, this guy's vision is just incredible. And now fast forward three, four years later, the kind of players that he's put together, the kind of organization that he's put together, the financing and the, the, uh, the investment opportunity for himself and the partners and the community is just in- impressive. I mean, just the players alone, that's, that's a huge job, right? I mean, the people that, that go out and get the best players and the best talent, that's, that's, a, that's a, a full-time job in and of itself. 
then you take that aspect and you take the business aspect and then you add in all the other things he does with his life. It's, it's really impressive to watch this guy operate. That's for sure. Thank you. I mean, I'm really proud. We just yesterday and day before, so this is hot off the press, so to speak. Our captain uh, was chosen the best player MVP in the whole league out of 36 players, uh, Solomon Asante. And our head coach was chosen the best head coach in the league. So as an organization, I'm very proud of uh, everything that uh, we were able to put together for, for our community here. We enjoy it. Um, that's incredible. And, and yeah, and the community, well, the community here is growing too. So what a, <laughs> what a great time for to be doing what we're doing with fastest growing city in the country. Right. Yes. You know, you, did you guys know where the number one place they're moving from is uh, probably California, Canada, yeah. Los Angeles. <laughs> okay. Yep. Right. So <laughs> no, um, now another thing, and I wanted to, to talk a little bit on, on the, the, some of the things we we're going to talk about with the theme about, you know, never giving up, um, or past failures, it, it, Sometimes they're not really failures at all. I, that word is tricky to me mm-hmm. I, I, because I, I always look at it as like, it's, is it a failure? Or is it just a, a signal, like sure. a pivot, right? The, pivot is a good one, yeah. You know, or so, failed attempt, right? It may not right. be a failure itself, but that in that particular moment. Right. The it, approach it, it, needed it, a little yes. tweaking. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. right. So, I, I mean, whether related to, you know, more recent where you wanted the, the – you know, to be active with the team in a certain way or further back. I would love to give you, you know, your, get your opinion on, I think people get tripped up a little bit in failure, this idea of failure. Oh, it didn't work. It didn't work. And it, it did. Maybe just not, they're not seeing it yet. So I, I think it's one of the biggest impediments of um, humankind success in general is the uh, fear of rejection in general. Yes. That, you know, so I you know, I can give you a specific example as it relates to Phoenix Rising. When it was Arizona United, the team was playing in Peoria. It was playing to maybe a couple of hundred uh, fans. Um, when we purchased the team, I brought around 100 of my friends to just show what it was, to kind of set the stage to see what it can be. And right now we're getting 8,000 fans, and, and 2,000 of them don't even have a seat in the stadium, they're just buying a ticket to be there. So we feel like we can get into low to mid-teens from an attendance perspective, which is, you know, quite a bit of difference from the couple of other folks uh, that were there. But one of the things that I had, even before putting the ownership group together or before purchasing this team, was, again, going back to my days in Turkey, uh, my home team there, Galatasaray. So uh, one of the most accomplished players ever played this game. Uh, His name is Didier Drogba. Uh, So Didier is a legend in his country. He made, he he gets credit for stopping civil war in in Ivory Coast. Uh, He was on the cover of uh, CNN as one of the top, most influential 100 people in the world with uh, uh, Bill Clinton that that year. Uh, And uh, incredible human being. And he played for my team. You know, he played for obviously Chelsea for many years, he got any award that you can imagine. Uh, but it, 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 there was something very unique about him in Turkey that he got really, when he was on the street, from, there's a lot of rivalry between three, four teams. He got the respect of all the teams. So he, he was somebody that was different than other players that came through. And before purchasing this uh, team, I had this dream, if you will, that I need to reach out to him and I need to have him, you know, become a, a partial owner and a player both at the same time, which to, to our knowledge, it was the first time done 
in the world for an active player to play while he was an owner of the you know yeah. of a team and i just really struggled with the idea of how crazy it was for many weeks and i remember this like it was yesterday one day i woke up at 3 a.m like sweating <laughs> because i was consumed with the idea of i said I'm just going to go for it. Like, what is the worst case that can happen? Otherwise, I'm going to regret for the rest of my life. And at, right at that point, he was at Montreal playing at MLS, and a lot of teams from Brazil to everywhere else were interested in, in his services in even much, you know, different um, playing environments. So long story short, I found a common friend that we have to, to get access to him. So he, he, he kind of gave a character feedback to DDA, said, look, I don't know if it works out for you or not, but you won't be wasting your time. Just he's a serious guy and go go meet with him. And, you know, all of a sudden he was here. He, mm. We got on a plane and I was showing him where we are and how we were going to put a stadium together and all of these things. And he was laughing. He's, he said, you know what? I like you. So I'm just going to like give this thing a shot, which was incredible. <laughs> I mean, it, it was surreal. I You read everything that I did all my life. I would put this as the most you know, lowest odds, craziest, biggest accomplishment to pull it together. I don't even know what analogy is in other sports, but it was. Uh, and all of a sudden, he start coming here and scoring goals, and we'll get five million hits around the world. And all of a sudden, we became internationally known club from Phoenix. I go to London now, and pe people say Phoenix Rising. You know, they they wow. know about this brand that we created, and he basically put us on the map. And we needed something like that because. Arizona United wasn't succeeding, and we had to right. rebrand and have uh, everybody forget about you know what it was and but it, what it can be. I like I like a lot of of, of what you did. Uh, often people think that um, oh well that person's too big, they won't have time, they right. wouldn't be into this thing. Uh, I have literally built a podcast on um, hey you got a really great story, we got a really great platform, you want to connect, sure. <laughs> you know, and and you had this passion. Uh, with uh, what you were building, you have a lot of experience, and so I, it was probably easy for him to see, yeah. you know, what you were doing. And um, you know, he's on his journey where he wants to be a part of, you know, several things along the way as well yeah. too. And that was very much in alignment with what he does. So I, I love that you just reached out and were like, "Hey, how, how do we? Yeah, can you come check this out?" And, and <laughs> yeah, and you know, it wasn't easy. Obviously, he had so many other options, and he was considering and. But it, it had the turns in, in that four to five months of convincing him to come here. It wasn't an overnight, and it, right. it, it you know I had to it, it had its slow moments. But just um, pe my friends usually say like you you need to kill me to get me out of the way. I would not stop. I understand you know? that completely. So <laughs> that, that, that was one of those things. Like it's just I hear somebody says no, I hear okay maybe it's going to be yes, but we haven't really found it right way of approaching it yet. But so I was persistent. It was also it was also cool to go back to something that you know very well too. Because yeah. you went back to your home and, yes. and in you know so and you're incorporating another aspect of your life like I'm gonna come back for that when it makes sense. Yes. And and incorporate it into your current and in your future. So I mean it's again it's it's all the dots that we don't get to connect until later on and all of a sudden we're right in the middle of them. <laughs> you but know. my two cents in this whole experience is if if never um, fail to act on the idea that you have because it will consume you for the rest of your life. Worst thing that's going to happen is you, you won't be able to do it. But the regret of not trying is, is, would have been too harsh. Why do you think it scares people? Wh wh I think, I think the, literally the, the failure of rejection is, you know, it's, it's big. It's big. Yeah. And, and I think you, um, 
maybe you get over that by being rejected a few times and seeing that it's not a big deal and yeah. you're back on your feet again. Maybe that is, you know, like I, I'm just not worried about what as, – as soon as you get over the idea of what somebody would think, all of my big mistakes in life is because I consider about what would uh, XYZ person, you know, amen. would think about <laughs> – who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just, we're all going to die. It doesn't matter. Do what the right thing is. As long as it's legal and ethical and it's good for people, it's yep. crazy. It may sound, just go for it without thinking of what, you know. And, you know, and they don't have to understand it. Right. Right? Good yeah. point. They don't have good to understand point. it. And, and, and ultimately, what ends up happening is way down the road, they go, wait a minute, is that what you were trying to do? And you're like, sure. yes. <laughs> but I didn't even have enough answers to give you when you were questioning me. So. Sure. You're just going to have to trust me, which is hard because, you know, other people's opinions can they can they can mess with us if we, if, if we allow it. You know, what about what about you, Ryan? Like, what, uh, what do you what do you what why do you think it scares people? And what's been your experience? Because, I mean, you, you've <laughs> taken on some pretty big projects, man. Yeah. The, I mean, being a serial entrepreneur is kind of my answer to that. You just got to keep doing project after project after yep. project. And then at some point, one of those things works and you fine tune it and you make it your yes. own and you put the boots on the ground and you become, you become the face of that company and you become the person that builds that company. And, and if it works, then you fine tune it and you do it again. And then you find this little niche of, Hey, I figured out how to make money where no one else is making money. Yes. And, um, and then you just kind of keep, you know, taking that to the next level. And ultimately you are going to get setbacks. You are going to get, you know, cut out at the knees every once in a while um, one of those projects is, is going to, is going to fail you. And, and if you stop, you know, moving forward and you stop trying, those are the people that you see, uh, that are, you know, disappointed with their lives and, and, and not necessarily successful, um, in their own mind, cause they didn't take the chances that they wanted to take and they are regretful and things like that. I'm almost kind of adverse to risk, which is really, I don't know if that's a good thing <laughs> totally, or not. I totally feel you on that, actually. But, yeah, <laughs> I know you what know, you mean. Kind of knock yeah. on Formica that, that <laughs> it's worked out. But I mean, I've taken some pretty large risks that I know Burke is in the same spot and uh, Maddie, you're probably in the same spot as well, um, that have, you know, thankfully worked out. But they've worked out because I've put the time in and it doesn't matter if the business was not going to be successful. I was going to make it successful. Right. 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 It doesn't matter. It's I was going to put the time in, whether it was going to be like this, you know, kind of turd on the ground. I wasn't going to let it be a turd on the ground. I was going to make it be, you know, the the fields of gold and things like that. And that's what Burke did is that, you know, in, in my own life, I, I've come through some of those adversities myself where, you know, I've taken off, I've bitten off a project that I'm like, man, I don't know if this is going to work. And you just got to put your blood, sweat and tears in. Yeah. And if you don't do it and you let it fail, then that's on you, you know, and that's, that's really where I feel like I've been successful. But, and, and same thing, it's, it's been cool to watch with Burke, but. Yeah. Well, you know, and that, um, that intuition of knowing like, oh, and I know this feels right. Like I can carve out right. my, my niche within this thing totally. and make money where maybe nobody had really made money before as well. But then, yeah, there's a lot of grooves in there that you have to fine tune along the way to figure out um, how to maneuver in there. So we can't be so set back every time 
it it doesn't that this you know the the pieces aren't fitting in exactly, but the intuition is saying like no, there's still there's still gold here. Yeah, the opportunity you know? doesn't doesn't end up being exactly what you think it might be. Right, it ends up kind of turning into something that you might not expect. Exactly, and oh, that's one thing you that you know was super impressive with Burke is when I first started to get to know him. You know, he's got his own equity fund mm-hmm. that he uses as a catalyst to yes. build his own businesses, and I, and I'm I'm sitting there myself going. Man, oh man, this is something that I would love to be able to get to an equity fund position so I can start spinning off ideas. And that's where, you know, I, the things that he's done, it's been so impressive to, to see. But the, the time management is just something that's, that's off the charts. But, you know, I, I appreciate that uh, mentality. I was just having this conversation with a couple people and one the other day about um, when we can create a source of revenue in something that we're very good at that we like, but also has a great return to reinvest right back into the very things that we, we love so much. And they actually intertwine a lot of times because what we fine tune in our craft over here actually helps in maybe infrastructure or business or other things with the passion, et cetera. Right. Have you seen that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. I think that's a, that's a great point. And it makes it a, almost a differentiator that you can really take advantage of to you know, situation that you're in and yeah. help your own cause and leverage the knowledge. Well, and, and and it allows you a little bit of more creative freedom, right? Correct. Because you're not relying too much on the outside, uh, yeah. the outside or, or people maybe not moving as fast as you'd sure. like to on things, right? There, it, sometimes, it, especially if you're very passionate and the creativity wants to come through and like you just want to execute, it's hard to rely on a lot of different people uh, unless you're leading up the... <laughs> the fund that actually is, you know, providing any Absolutely. kind of assistance. And, and timing usually is investments yes. could be very challenging. You could yes. be seeing something and sometimes an opportunity may only present itself for a shorter period of time. And uh, that's why you need a group of your investors or partners that trust you with those opportunities, not on deal by deal basis, but in general basis and be with you so that uh, it gives you that ability to act on opportunities that may not be there for a long period of time this is i feel like sometimes this yeah. podcast is like a um my own therapy <laughs> it makes me feel normal business therapy <laughs> like yeah i i, I actually i love using the, the the term business therapy it yeah. really is right um so earlier you were talking about um how people that know you they know you know get out of my way i'm i'm making yeah. this happen regardless that relentlessness where does that come from for um, you, where does it come from? Yeah, I think for me, it's um, it's a little bit of I'm, I'm competitive. Yeah, I, I was. I think I was born that way. I I get I, it. I, I, do, I don't know what 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 makes me competitive, but I don't. I want to be the best version of myself. Yes, that, that that's the best way that I can. Uh, and, and I have a very harsh stance. You know, self evaluation. And, and, you know, I oftentimes think that I can do so much more yes. and I'm falling so much behind. And for that, I'm just like a machine that I, I don't have an inner mechanism to, like, slow me down. I, I just go. It's a gift and a curse. It, it's, it, it really is. It could is. be more of a curse for life Absolutely. and people around <laughs> me because I, I don't know how to deal with it other than I just do it. Yeah. Well, it, it becomes part of, at least for me, it's become part of the journey of understanding how to balance um, that relentlessness with um, flow, because yeah. otherwise I'll be too hard on myself, and we're too hard on ourselves, then we're forgetting to enjoy parts of the journey, right? Yeah. Which is you know. what, what's 
you know, in a where it becomes a curse, if you will. I love life and I enjoy everything yes. around it, but I'm a dictionary description of workaholic, so yes, I don't I know how to take myself off of that and do maybe some of the things that I enjoy doing. So a little bit better work-life balance would be advisable to somebody like myself, but, <laughs> right. you know. If, I, if you guys, yeah, know, I think that's I all three of us, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But you love what you do, which I love it. Which is it's, which it's is, hard because you yeah. you see workaholics who don't like what they do, no. and that's a different class of well, you do need a little bit more balance versus well, it's integrated into your lifestyle, so you're waking up with purpose every day, and 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 yeah, I I, I understand how it feels. I, I I say if you if we wake up, we're still having a job to do. We're still supposed to live out our greatest self. So I got to keep going. And, and I, I don't always know how to sit still. I'm learning through a little bit of meditation and whatnot, how to um, actually use that to propel faster. But in like almost. I'm kind- doing the same. Yeah. I just started um, meditating and I think it's really helping me put my, you know, thoughts in a little bit more organized and paced way, if yeah. you will, and be an even better executor. So I'm a big fan. How did you, how did you get into that? My wife. There you go. Yeah, she told me Good that woman. I, I have to meditate and yeah. you know, like it will help me. And, um, I dismissed, I'm usually, you know, my first reaction is like, yeah, that's not for me. You know, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going 200 miles an hour that, you know, yeah. so maybe some insecurities inside, right? You're like, yeah, that's not for me. But as soon as I start doing it, I said, yeah, this is definitely for me. That that idea of how could you slow down to actually speed things up was elusive to me yeah. until I realized like, oh, I have it all backwards. Because if we slow things down, we can see things clearer and bigger and further. And then we can actually make, and if we do it in the morning and set an alignment, then we can make decisions throughout the day much more efficiently and in less time sometimes and, and complete complete more in less time it's it, i never thought that that was possible <laughs> you know it so is. do you do you ryan do you do you meditate yeah, or are you being in tune with your metabolism is a is a yeah, big that piece too. to my day yeah so um a buddy of mine that's actually one of my one of my uh partners and investors and in, in some of my projects is a guy named ian who's the owner and started spiritual gangster and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he came over to my office probably about two or three months ago and i've been going through some some project angst, I guess you could say, uh, with a couple things I'm doing. And it's just a lot on my plate right now. And he came over and he's just kind of giving me some, you know, some spiritual guidance. And, um, I really took some stock in that, you know, and I, I had always kind of focused on it a little bit, but I'd say probably about two or three months ago, I really started to delve into managing my metabolism throughout the day. Yes. yes. And the interesting thing about that is that it, it's everything from the food you eat to, uh, your heart rate to, you know, the meetings you set to your family life, to how much time you're in the office. And I can say that my stress levels have probably increased, you know, 20 fold in the past six months, but I've been able to deal with that stress a hundred times better because I'm managing my own metabolism and, and, and through meditation and through, uh, you know, I've, I've got my, my cardio monitor on my Apple watch these days. and, And I look and I see, you know, what, what levels of different conversations I'm just, I'm a, I'm a micromanager of my own, yes, of my own self. Yeah. And go ahead. And it works. It it really works. And, and I can tell you things that used to stress me out now just glide right off my back and things that I used to think that I wouldn't be able to handle. Now I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll get through it. We'll, 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 we'll go through tomorrow and, and the next day. And 
So it's interesting. And those are the types of things that if you don't, if you don't pinpoint and realize and look at introspectively that can really destroy your, your life, you know, because you can get all consumed with, with a lot of things in life. And, and especially if you're a workaholic and you have your own business and, you know, I mean, I've got 800, 900 employees and all these, you know, all these different aspects of the business, probably a thousand employees at this point, but it's, it's a lot to deal with. And, and you start like someone like Berkey, I mean, I remember when he was talking about, well, I mean, I'll let you go into it, but talking about new stadiums and, and building, you know, I mean, 30, 50,000 person stadiums that are 500 million, a billion dollar investments. And I'm going, wow, that's right. <laughs> that's a big deal. Imagine how that feels inside. Right. And, <laughs> and if you're not managing your own, yes. your own personal balance, then yes. that can really throw you off and you won't be able to, to really finish that project at the level that you need to finish it at, because it's all about the details as we, as we know, yeah. if you don't finish it with the best details, People won't necessarily have the best experience. They won't, you know, enjoy the business that, that you've created as much as they could. But which also ties into why sometimes people have a hard time um, thinking big because the onset of that's a lot. Totally, I'm already stretched. I'm already stressed. Yep. How was that? That, gonna- that? That's the one I missed the memo on. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So, so we're going to talk about that then. We're going to do some business therapy here. You know, um, but no, but and and and, and Ryan, you know, there, there's some good whiskeys out there. There are. That, that is one form of therapy. You know, that is. Right. <laughs> but, but but Ryan, you bring up a very very good point. It, it's uh, I think I as I got older, I realized I can't run like the 25 year old version of me. Which, totally. by the way, I realize is not actually always the the strategy. Efficient. It's not efficient. It's yep. just how long can my strength take me until I, I, I drop? Totally. Whereas when you get older, you're like, how do I maneuver and change my approach to make things work for me? Yep. And, and that really starts with a lot of inner work. And you're right. It's everything from the nutrition, um, what foods are actually helping with my brain capacity, gratitude, and doing the meditation. How am I aligning so that way I can make decisions that, um, to your point, uh, we don't get, um, it doesn't get easier. We get better. Yep. Right. Totally. So as big stresses come or half a billion dollar stadiums, you're like, yeah, well, this is how we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So before I start meditating, um, there was a point in time that actually uh, I was getting so overwhelmed without mm. knowing what it means to be overwhelmed. Yes. And, you know, there was instances where, you know, I would carry a phone conversation that, you know, if it, let's say it got heated, but just a good business discussion, nothing. But, but I would feel like, you know, maybe I shouldn't go through with this conversation. And like five, ten years ago, I'll be the guy going 200 miles an hour right. nonstop. On. So I think you learn more about your body and you recognize that nobody is invincible and you need help. Yes. You need, you need help on either is, you know, meditation or exercise or watching what you eat and yeah. just be in peace with yourself and manage those aspects of it instead of, Thinking, well, when I was thirty years old, I didn't need any of that. Right. right. So, and then, and then you notice yourself in the conversations. How, like, wow, I, I've changed. <laughs> you know, like you're talking while your inner mind is like, no. good for you. You're. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I look interest. Like, I mean, I'll stay, take a step back and and look introspectively and be like, man, two, three years ago, this would have ruined my day. Oh yeah, totally right. ruined my day. And now I'm cutting through stuff. No big deal. I'm going, man. I could take on another ten projects right now. Right. And it's, it's a cool feeling to have when all of a sudden you figured out that, that biological or chemical or whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, psychological aspect of your, of your own being yeah. to make yourself 
be able to handle more stress so you can take on more as a business owner. Because if you can't, you're, you're, uh, excuse my language, but you're fucked. I mean, because you can only grow so high. We we cuss on this. Yeah. But you know, I mean, you can only take so much, you you know, not, not everyone's smoking weed 24 seven, like some, (laughs) some of these entrepreneurs that I see, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a natural guy. I don't, I don't do that stuff. And And I have to find ways to de-stress and, and my best way is to manage my, my diet, my metabolism and all those so, sorts of things that let me take on more projects and let me take on more stress. And it's really a crazy thing because you can see the difference. Oh yeah. Like you can totally see the difference. I, I constantly ask myself, can, is there a process for that? So I, I learned how to, I'm learning constantly how to have more balance. Um, so all of a sudden you have freed up time, but freed up time we also have to be careful of, do we add, do we just start adding more to it? Which I used to have a very bad habit of like, oh, I can take on more. I'm a part of four different organizations, including two of my own. I can do more. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized recently, I'm like, more time means how, you know, how do I continuously make process? And when new opportunities come, where does that fit in? And is there a process for me? So it doesn't, so it allows to adjust to the these these mechanisms we put in place for ourselves so we don't get overwhelmed and stressed. Yeah, one other point I will make, I you know, one of our actually uh, friends in YPO Grant one day when he got to know me, he said, "You need to learn how to say no." And uh, he, he, that really resonated with me. I mean, he said it with yes. such a conviction that, yes. you know, it I said, "Yeah, I, I guess no is in the voc- vocabulary that I haven't considered before." So at least I start considering it. And I also start realizing that maybe you can be a bit selfish to be selfless later, yes. right? Yes. So it's, um, yes. Because if you didn't, then the machine can break. So those concepts at least yeah, no, that's relevant. Totally, everybody, totally accurate. Everybody listening to you right now is excited that you that you just said that. I'll tell I'll tell you that right now because <laughs> it's 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 probably one of the number one things a lot of people struggle with is how do you say no more, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, the balance of how do you say no. Um, from a place where it's also understood by them about why you're saying no. So there's like that, that took some time because otherwise I used to sound like a New Yorker that I am and <laughs> say no. And they were like, why do you got to say it like that? You know? <laughs> like, oh no, I don't mean it like that for you. But you know, um, <laughs> but it, it, it takes time. It, it's yeah. a, it's a practice because, and you being as driven as you are and as seeing, you probably see all the pieces like, oh, you need to do this. You can add that. Um, this is how that can be structured. You know what? I'll, I'll just take it on. Because you can see how you would take that's, care that's of it. That's the painful part. Right? Yep, yes. And it's hard to even yes. say no to the ones that you know you can actually take care of really, really well. But it can also come at a cost of you in some way. And it does. You know, I have three yeah. kids and you know, a yeah. wife and have, a, you know, friends. Yeah. So there's only 24 hours a day. So yeah. you got to be careful with that. And I think the next step, and I'm not there yet, is when you be able to say no without requiring an explanation. Yes. So, like, you know, if, you, <laughs> if, if I... Can graduate to that. I think the you know work life balance could, yeah. could get could get better. I I, I teeter. I, I know. I have I that conversation go. a lot with my attorney. No explanations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what an attorney no one, does. No one needs an explanation. <laughs> yeah. I, I teeter back and forth. I'm still there. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll experiment when I say no. Well, but see the reason why, like I'll right. like I'll practice that, like how far of a pause, yeah. <laughs> and then, pushing by each right, side. right. Although there's been actually a couple of breakthroughs recently where I'm like, no, mm-hmm. and then that's it. I, I just like <laughs> it's almost because I, I I'm also realizing that one the the more alignment we find, I I feel like the other side probably understands the energy of like oh yeah actually 
I would have assumed you probably would have said no. I don't think that does really make sense for you, and good for you for saying no. You know, but it's it's it's, it's a practice. It's it's constant practice. You know, I would imagine Burke probably knows down to what types of soccer balls you guys use. <laughs> so he doesn't say no very often, is my guess. But I, I would I would assume that that being the controlled kind of guys that we are, you know, having the aspect of the ability to say no is is a big deal. But I mean, he's he's so detailed in his business; it's it's impressive. So, and both ways. Well, well, yeah, and you because you're also about the details. So, I'm about the details. You're about the details. That takes a lot of, it takes a lot of extra asserted effort as well. It so does. you know, so it's. You I'm, know. I'm an absolute perfectionist in a way that I, even in written communication, you know, I read things three times before I send it over. I mean, the, all, all of those things take time. Yeah. Just, just because you want everything you do to be the best way you represent. And there's a fine balance in, in there because if you go too crazy with that, then you're basically, you can't. You can't yeah. do anything. Yeah. You can't execute. And, you know, so there's a good balance. But I, so the way I got comfortable with perfectionism is uh, I reworded it to long game mentality. So like I'm that. willing to take a little extra time in the details to make sure that I know what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, other people might pass me or yeah, other things might be happening, but that's okay. I'm not missing the details, so I'm learning to really enjoy the process of becoming, but it's not always, you know, but at the same time, while wanting to move warp speed, so there's that like counterintuitive, you know, but the details are, it's where everything is and where, and then I think also where you have such a a unique knowing of everything that you're doing so you can carry out the, the big things in this world as well, so, you know. Um, so, so other ways you find alignment in this new, uh, uh, you know, phase that you're in it. So the meditation helps and yeah. you've got great people around you too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just spending time with my family and yeah. my kids and I have a, a four year old boy and 10 year old girl and 12 year old boy. So I've got a little bit of, uh, each, you know, age and with my wife and friends and I'm a social guy too. just, you know, trying to making time to be with your friends. Yeah. Organizations like uh, YPO that both Ryan and I were uh, part of, I think, from a personal level, forget about business, but just being able to really um, sit with um, your forum or chapter and discuss issues that you have going on, it's it's an incredible um, way of uh, really clearing your mind and being more purposeful about the next steps. So let's, let's talk about what kind of footballs you use. <laughs> I'm actually curious. Select. It's called Select. Select? Yeah, that's the name of the brand. Are, it's are, a Danish company, I believe. But uh, yeah. See, I told you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I absolutely. I, I, I mean, it's, it's just such a cool thing to, to, to talk to someone that owns a business at your level. And, I mean, if you ask me what kind of glassware we use, I, I could rip it off the top, you yeah. know. But. There's some guys you ask them, hey, you know, what, what's the inner workings of your business? Oh, you know, such and such takes care of that. Yeah. And that's just, that's not, yeah. you, you, can't, you can't really truly succeed in a, in a business, in my opinion, having other people take care of all the details for you. But you have to be really cognizant, like you guys are talking about, of, of how far you let yourself get into that. That's that's true too because uh, I do believe in getting underneath the hood and knowing yeah. how I created this beautiful engine, so I, I can eventually delegate the components of the engine work and the maintenance and sustainability with the manual I created. There you go, there you go. <laughs> for other people. I, I finally got go. to that point because for me it's all tech. Like I mean, 
all the crazy stuff that um, people are tracking you guys online and like how they retarget you and how do you do the, the sales funnel, like all the, the tech and the, the coding. That's my world. And so that's a whole other elusive <laughs> world. But if you don't leave a trail of breadcrumbs, nobody's going to be able to find their way out of there. <laughs> I, like, I like to call my business a tech-enabled restaurant. Yeah. Hey, you're yeah. multiple. You are. Yeah. Yeah. Tech enabled nightclub, tech enabled yeah. hospitality. Yeah. So he's tech enabled football club. There you go. Yeah. There you go. You know, but it's, uh, but yeah, the, the, the fact that you guys know the details, the inner details, it also allows you to, um, have the relationships with all the other resources and have intelligent conversations too. 100%. That's, you know, and just to be an effective leader and be a part of an organization, um, and even challenge, uh, the day to day, of things, you need to be able to ask questions, and I don't think you can ask questions if you didn't go into the detail. You'll, you'll be at thirty thousand feet, and it's, you know, it's it wouldn't work. It's true. It's true, and um, and it shows how much you actually care about all aspects of the brand, right? Absolutely. Well, and that's where the team comes in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's where the you know the we not me comes in. Oh yeah, and the when you when you can create the department mm -hmm. and then put the right person in charge of that department and have the trust. And know that they're going to, you know, effectuate efficiently your vision. Yeah. That's that's when it starts to feel really good, you know, because you go through your your corporate office and you see, I mean, I, I me personally, you know, I see twenty five department heads going yeah. through and and doing things that are at a level that I'm impressed with. I'm yeah. going, wow, they're 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 far surpassing even the things that I would want them to do right. or would expect them to do, and that's because you know, they're set up for success. And also because we have such an incredible team. I know that, that Burke is the same way. And I mean, it, it's just a really, really cool thing to feel, like you said, yeah. you know, once you kind of get the, the engine humming and you can start putting the, the right people in the right places. Mm -hmm. That's, that's when I felt like it really kind of all started to come together. And that's something new all the time, right? Because you, you look and you see a new need for your business and you don't know how to address it. But all of a sudden, when you do, and then you figure out the right team to, to handle that need, that's 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 where it gets to feel cool. Yeah, you know. Ah, uh, amen. Now, we're all in people business when you yeah. think about it. Yep. So if if you don't put the right people in right places, uh, th there is no me business in in anything you do unless you're trading stocks at home by yourself or something. I mean, short of that, you know, it's you have to have a great team, and you're gonna do that by selecting very uh, qualified people that as passionate as you and that you can work together with. And by the way, the Phoenix That's Rising happened with Phoenix Rising. The Phoenix I mean, Rising team likes to hang out at Riot House in Scottsdale. <laughs> yes, <they laughs> a shameless plug, I'll just throw that in there. They, they do. I like I to take, you take care, care of them. So yeah. they, they're yeah. very appreciative of that. That's, a, that's okay. I was so I was going to ask, hey, what what do you have coming up next? What's <laughs> Uh, anything at Riot Hospitality Group, which is located in Old Town, Scottsdale. <laughs> no, listen, this guy here is one of the most creative minds that you're going to find. And he has a way of figuring out before anybody else, what is it that people need? Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, the whole concept of he's a pioneer on combining restaurants and, you know, clubs or, you know, in, in one environment and being able to leverage a fixed a cost infrastructure and, a um, lot of times it has been copied all around the country. So it's definitely a, a visionary and truly enjoys concepts. So, so we went to we went to one of Burke's new concepts. Yeah. Uh, he built what, what in Carlsbad in Carlsbad, California yeah, yeah. recently. I think what last yeah. weekend, yeah, two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. And um, it, we'll explain the concept a little bit. 
Yeah, before I, the bio did not. Uh, that that's too old now. That's okay. <laughs> we need that's to okay. Update the bio, I guess. That's okay. So, we'll have you come back yeah. on for round two, anyways. But yeah, what, what's uh, what's in, first of all, Carlsbad is beautiful. So. It, it is. Yeah. So again, that just goes into great partnerships again. Mm-hmm. So I, oftentimes I get credit for these things, but it's just maybe the credit is just being a nice guy, being connected to people, and when being able to sniff an opportunity and you know take those good risk reward situations. So one day. A friend of mine, James Markham, reached out to me, and you know James created some of the early um, like pizza chipotle of pizza concepts, so yeah. to speak. You know, pie, fire, pieology, mod, all of wow. these. You know, wow. yeah, yeah. So he's a pretty creative guy, great guy, and you know he told me about an opportunity. You know, this is this is like two years ago or so, give or take, and um, we talked about the concept of. You know, what are the challenges of the restaurant industry, right? Labor is a challenge. You have a minimum wage that goes up and uh, you have your input costs are consistently rising. And a lot of times you cannot really push that down uh, to your guests. So, you you know, you're left as an operator to be either as differentiated and create super cool concepts like Ryan and people go regardless. And, you know, you can you can have a good living doing that or figure out a a machine, if you will, that you can um, really uh, have a different box and maybe leverage those costs more, more efficiently. And the whole concept of think about the uh, European markets, right? Open mm-hmm. markets. So food halls are, you know, really kind of emulating that. Um, and so we kind of come up with this concept of putting 12 uh, to 14 local vendors. You know, there's a guy that doing lobster rolls there and there's a Korean barbecue and mm-hmm. there's an ice cream shop and there's a uh, you know, incredible chicken sandwich and a burger. They're all individual 250 to 300 square feet, um, basically, spaces. Uh, combined with a, a bar area uh, that we own and operate. And, you know, what are you leveraging there is everybody's using the same Wi-Fi passport. You know, the, the janitor that is cleaning the bathroom is doing for all these you know, 14 businesses and you have a common seating area. You have one bar. So, Imagine this, like, take any restaurant that is 10,000 square feet and look at the amount of employees given, working at any given time and compare our concept there. We probably have half of the people working at any mm. given time. And the reason is you as the guest is part of the experience. You making the line, you know, you're getting your own food and, you know, you, your kids are running around maybe in three, four different places. It's part of the experience. So I thought that was, a, you know, really a brilliant way of approaching the business. And uh, we opened that, uh, you know, three months ago or so. So it's off to great success. And um, we are under contract and hopeful, hopeful to close on December 2nd for another one in San Clemente. So we will we'll be doing that again. So we're mm. working in California for now. But Ryan, let me know if you have a place we should go. Well, <laughs> I liked it because I, I my appetizer was soft serve yeah. ice cream. So that, that was that was my 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 biggest like of the and, and it's beautiful. It's it's a tremendous but being able to see the business, like like Burke said, you know, be able to see the business, uh, you know, what people want in the future coming up is is a big piece. And quite frankly, seeing what the financial hurdles are going to be for your specific business is a big deal. And you know, it's the dinosaurs, and and I, I again not talking bad, but we all know the some of the some of the drive-through chains and, and burger places and things like that that have gone out of business that were massively successful 10, 15 years ago, it's because they just didn't stay on top of the financial yep. needs or you know the market economy that's currently changing. 
And, um, you know, those are the sorts of things that, that, that I pride myself on and I see Burke doing the same things. And it's pretty cool to see because those are, those are the things that keep you successful as an entrepreneur is trying to stay ahead of the, of the curve, you know? Amen. Where, where can everybody find out more about Phoenix rising right now online and yeah. you, if the, if you want them to, you know, interact with you. I mean, no, absolutely. Yeah. By the way, I do get a lot of uh, Instagram, uh, you know, DMS and I'm not as good as you are. So I'm going to make a point. On That's okay. I'm going to start driving them all to you. <laughs> <laughs> Practice. But I have, you know, players from around the world contacted me and I, I've always pushed them to, to our, you know, our coaching staff, which they're excellent. That's um, great. So I got go ahead. No, please, please. No, no, no. So yeah. So um. So uh. uh PHX Rising FC. FC. Yep. Uh, PHX Rising FC. Dot com. Um. On Instagram, it's PHX Rising FC. Correct. Um. You want to give out your 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 personal? Uh, yeah, Instagram? my first name and last name. Okay. So B E R K E B A K A Y. On Instagram. Absolutely, and I'm on Twitter as well, and um. Not not very good on Facebook, but uh, you know, nah, I'm, I'm okay. an Instagram guy. I like that. We but, have a lot of we have a lot of uh, uh, soccer, <clears throat> football fans on yeah. our uh, in our um, uh, our database. So I have no doubt that they'll uh, be checking all of what uh, Phoenix. Oh, and I want them to check out what Phoenix Rising because it's my own backyard too. <laughs> so yeah. selfishly, it's like you know this amazing organization that's really uh, you. you know taking hold and you're doing it's, it. It's it's fun. I I have again self-serving to say that but i haven't met a person that has been in one of our matches and didn't truly enjoy it regardless if they're a soccer fan or not yeah. because i think we created a fun environment that and you see kids you know you see adults i mean you see parents you see single guys or girls i mean you see group of students from Everybody. asu every you know i think we created a home for everyone and our um fans are amazing i mean i have our supporter section with banditos and uh, Red Fury is uh, absolutely amazing. They bring the energy like no one else in the league, and they don't stop. I will. So we don't. Stop. We've got a friend that's one of the banditos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we like calling him the bandito. Oh, este bandito. Yes, the bandito. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's cool. It's yeah. cool. And we we always. Uh, it's his nickname. It's his nickname. <laughs> so he's in the sec- banditos section, you know. No, I, games. I will come to my first game. Uh, I I will I promise you that I will come to my first game. Um, you uh, let season, me know season, when season is, opener is uh, first week of March. So perfect. I will block that time out then. <laughs> Make sure yep. I'm gonna sit next to him. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, from my first experience. Now that, that's incredible. Uh, thank you for being on the show. No, I, I, I can't believe it's actually pleasure. already been over an hour. You, it's this is incredible. You're. Um, wow, I, I didn't realize. That. I know. I, I, I felt like it's been five minutes. We've been talking. I, it's it, it, well, it runs fast. But yeah. I, I same thing. I told Ryan, which is he's back on again, and he's welcome back on anytime you're welcome back on anytime um the, the journey it's 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 ever evolving absolutely you're many things uh, you clearly are already many things in this in this world but um, you're going to continue to keep doing more things <clears throat> or if you just want to talk about you know something completely just vent on a, a new business topic or life topic yeah. or meditation <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, how about this i'll come back again we talk about opportunity zones and what we're doing with uh, you know real estate development that is sports anchored I would like that. Super interesting. I would but, like that because it will be a whole hour by itself. So. It will, yeah, no, and it's it's actually a topic coming up a lot, and I've I've actually been looking at opportunities on okay. quite a bit the, the last six months. So it's it's an interesting. I like what's happening there, and it, it's a conversation that I feel like people are catching up to quite fast. Yep. So we will do another one. We'll be in here in a few months, and then you know. Absolutely. But you're welcome back on anytime. So It'll be my absolutely. Pleasure. Thank you, Ryan, as well. By the way, appreciate having you both on. 
Uh, for everybody listening, please be sure to check out Barke Bakai. Uh, you can um, go to his Instagram, B-E-R-K-E-B-A-K-A-Y. Also, uh, Phoenix Rising FC, so PHX Rising FC on Instagram and PHXRisingFC.com. Um, doing incredible things. Uh, as you can see, none of us ever really true know what we're doing. We just do it, and then the pieces come together. And I have to constantly bring that up to everybody because um, there's nothing really to fear. It's just the, the, the initial scare of something being very big and not necessarily knowing what you want to do or, or, excuse me, how you're going to do it all. That doesn't matter. Usually you end up finding amazing people along the way that are actually helping you. And when you're really passionate about what you're doing, you actually care about the details. So it actually does become fun. Maybe a little stressful at times, but as uh, Ryan Hibbert, our other guest here, uh, mentioned, uh, you know, maybe a little uh, meditation, metabolism uh, boosts, you know, exercise, all kinds of balance um, will get you there. So we're all doing it. We're all in the same journey. I uh, appreciate each and every one of you guys uh, for tuning in as always. Uh, be sure to check out Berkay, uh, Ryan Hibbert. Uh, you can check out him out, Ryan, uh, underscore Ryan Hibbert. Yep. Uh, underscore Ryan Hibbert underscore on Instagram and then Riot Hospitality Group uh, on Instagram as well. And then Riot uh, Hospital or Riot uh, H. Uh, RiotHG.com. RiotHG.com. And then that has all of our concepts and awesome. good stuff on it. Yeah. Appreciate you both. Thank you. For myself, Matt Gottesman, for our amazing guests and for Hustle It Separately, we are out.